All right, let, uh, let's pray and we'll dive in. God, thank you for uh, this day. Thank you for a church family that we can get together and study your word. Um, and I pray that you would just speak to us all tonight um, and uh, that we would, we would just walk away different because of the, the impact your word makes. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, continuing in our uh, series of Genesis, so we started um, the last couple weeks uh, with creation and uh, sort of a, a large overview, and then last week we went through the creation of all like the things, the light and the darkness and the, the waters, and then like everything was created, and uh, Tim did a, a great job of pointing out that like there is a God who created everything, and you're not God. And uh, that uh, I really enjoyed last week's. If you missed it, go back and, and catch the podcast. It was really good. And we're going to continue on today into the creation of man. So if you will, turn to Genesis chapter 1, and we'll be uh, verses 26 through the end of the chapter. So I don't have to give you a whole long time to get there because it's right at the beginning. Uh, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, and everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Amen. Amen. So we see the the creation of, of man here, and as we as we kind of look at, at what that means and and what it is and what it's not and, and how it how it affects us day to day, I kind of want us to to have an image in in our minds, and so. Um, recently I was talking to someone about, uh, traveling and going to Italy and they had been, they had been to Milan and they had seen the, um, the painting of the last supper and who painted the last supper? Da Vinci. Very good. And so, and they were telling me like, it's amazing. You got to go see it, but you have to buy tickets and, Tickets go on sale like three months in advance and you've got to buy them and you have like a time slot that you go and you go in there and, and you see this painting. And um, if you and I did that, if, if you and I went together and we bought our tickets and we went and we stood in there and we stood and we're looking at the painting and I turned to you and I said, isn't that amazing how all of these like paints, all this paint just came together in this, in this way. And it's just like, all this paint just came together. You would look at me and you would say, well, someone painted it. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's clear, like, someone did this. And if I said, well, how do you know? Like, 
I'm like, well, his name's Leonardo da Vinci, and he did a lot of, like, he, he did other paintings, and, like, there's a lot of stuff that he did. It's well documented. Like, it's, it's clear. And I said, well, well, was someone there when he painted it? Like, did someone watch him paint it? Because if, if someone didn't watch him paint it, how do we know that it didn't just, like, it didn't just happen? But it's clear to us that through that painting, like, we're able to look past the painting and understand that there's an artist behind that. And we should look at creation the same way. Um, there's a great quote from C.S. Lewis, and I want to read it to you. And he says, he says this, talking about creation. One's mind runs back up the sunbeam to the sun. So you're tracing things back to the source, and you're tracing that beauty back to the source. And so if you were, if you were standing in a room and you saw a sunbeam coming in, and it was illuminating something... You could look at that and you could say, that sunbeam is great, but, but you allow your mind to travel back up the sunbeam to its source. And so God is that ultimate source of creation. And so as we look at God creating man, I want us to do so in that, in that set of, or that frame where we say we're going to allow ourselves to, for our minds to run back up the sunbeam to the source, to the sun. And that's where, that's where we have to end up. That's where should, we should end up with creation. When we see something beautiful, we should let our minds run back up the sunbeam to the source, the creator who created that. And so much more with man. And so when we, when we look at this, there's, there's a couple of things that we need to point out. Like God stopped creating and then... He creates man. So he creates on each day and on the sixth day he creates animals. And then there's this, there's this intentional separation. And God says, like the Trinity says, like, let's us create man in our image. And so it's a defining stop of other creation and start of the creation of man. And from that we need to take and understand that we are not animals. And we haven't been animals. We didn't come from animals. Like, we are not animals. And if you, if you are an animal, like, if you're, going to, if you're going to hold to that, then you have to play that out, and that ends up in, in two places. Either one, you're an animal, and it's your job as an animal, survival of the fittest, and you can justify a lot of things. This is what the Nazis did. By saying we're superior, and so like it only makes sense for us to get rid of everything that we don't want that doesn't serve us, that that doesn't play to us well. So that's like you either have to play it out that way, or you have to play it out to the point where you value an animal's life the same as you do a human life, and you're more concerned about dogs in a shelter than you are unborn children. And that's how those things play out if we, don't, if we don't subscribe to we are not an animal. The creation of man was separate and distinct from that. And God, we are created in the image of God. So what does that mean? What does that, that affect? Like, Well, it affects, one, the way that you love people. The way that you love people. If we're created in the image of God, then the way that you see people has to be different. 
right? Like your mind has to run up the sunbeam to the sun and you have to see those people in your life that you have conflict with that you might not like that are different than you and you have to understand that those people were created in the image of God. And it's impossible for you to say that you love God and for you to not love those people. Amen. Um, we see this illustrated with uh, the way that we use our speech in James, uh, James chapter 3, uh, verses, uh, verse 9. He's talking, James is talking about the tongue here. And he says, With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And he's pointing out there that that doesn't make sense. You can't, you can't say, I love God, and you can't bless God, and you can't say, I worship God, and then turn around and say that you hate someone that you hate your brother. You can't curse somebody who's different than you and say that you love God. Those two can't live in the same place. They can't, they can't coexist in that way. So it's important for us as, as we see this, like we're created in the image of God, it affects the way that we love people. And it affects the way that, that we act and the, and the way that we walk. But it also affects the way that we live. Because we need to understand <clears throat> this second piece of creation. And it's this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 47 through 49 say this. The first man was from the earth. That's Adam. So he's talking about Adam here. The first man was from the earth. So also are those uh, who are of the dust. As the, and as is the man of heaven, who is Jesus, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have, been, have borne the image of the man of dust, we, sh, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. So speaking to Christians, if, if you and I are Christians, we bear the image of God because all men bear the image of God. But beyond that, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, you bear the image of Christ. Amen. So as you walk through your life, you have to love people the way that you love God because they are created in the image of God. And when people look at you, they should see Christ. Because He is the, he's the second Adam, the, the Son of Heaven. And if you're going to say that you're a believer and you say you're of Heaven, you have to land in that place of living that out, of living out that mission, of living in a way that when people see you, their minds run up the sunbeam to the ultimate source of Christ. And so that, like, that affects the way that we have to walk out. That affects the way that we interact with people. That affects the choices that we make. That affects the things that we're about, how we live our lives, because we are the image bearers of God and of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says this. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. So Christ came to restore our 
connection to God to, to take away that sin, to take our sin upon himself so that we could be reconnected to God and to make us his brother. And if you think about that and you think about being in the family of God and, and the responsibility that that takes and the responsibility that that, that bears, um, it means a lot. Like, I don't, know, I don't know how you grew up, but there were a lot of times in my life growing up that, that I would ask my dad, why? Like, why can't we do that? Why can't, why do we have to be this way? Why, why this? Why that? And his answer a lot of times was the same, and it was because, because you're a Houghton. Because your name means something, and you have to walk out that way, and you have to be consistent about it, and you have to do it over and over and over again. And the reason that you do it is because of who you are, because of the family that you're in. And so if you are the image of God, and more than that, you're the image of Christ to the world, you have to walk in that day by day and live that out so that everyone, when they see you, they recognize the source, and they see you as a brother of Christ, they see you as a member of the Christ family, as a member of the kingdom of heaven. They see past you to the ultimate source. And I have to tell you, like, if you want social, like, if you want social injustices to end, and you want there to be harmony, and you want people to come together, and, and you want to fix all these problems that we're so preoccupied with fixing the world, it happens one way. And that's by recognizing God and our need to be reconnected to Him. That's how this stuff gets sorted out. And we can make all the laws we want and we can raise all the awareness that we want. But until people come to the place where they recognize that they're not God, but they're created in the image of God, and they stop looking at the created and start looking to the Creator, start seeing the source, it's not going to change. And the only way for them to see the source is by the image bearer of the source. So we as Christians should go out and bear that image every day so that when someone says, what is Christ like? I know because I know so-and-so. And because I see in them what Christ must have been like. I see that image. I can recognize what a Christian is because I see that image portrayed every day by this person that I work with, this neighbor of mine this person that I run into from time to time or is in, like, that I run with. Like, that's how we make change. That's how stuff happens. That's how we progress. When we recognize the image of God and and the reality that that puts us in, that we have a God who is the ultimate source, that our creation as people is a reflection of Him, and that our recreation is, David said, create in me a clean heart, O God. And our new birth and our recreation, our new person, should be the reflection of Christ. Let's pray, and then we're going to worship a little bit more. Um, I appreciate uh, everybody being here. It's always an honor to get to stand uh, up here and dive into God's words. Let's pray. God, thank you for... This day, thank you for loving us and sending your son. God, I pray that we would not lose our grasp on what it means to be your image bearers. God, I pray when people see us, they would see you.
that we would walk that out every day. In your name I pray. Amen.